Well, good evening and hello, everyone. I hope that you can hear me well. This is mentor Tony Pearl coming to you live from Northern Virginia, right in the illustrious suburbs of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. And I'd like to welcome each and every one of you guys and gals here tonight. I'm going to let everyone filter in. I think we have a few more stragglers coming in, and I'm going to open up the lines so that we can all hear each other for just a moment. If you have a loud background noise, if you're driving, if you're jackhammering, if you're snoring, whatever the case may be, please put yourself on mute by tapping the mute button on your phone, and I'll open up the line so we can let some people filter in and say hello to each other before we officially kick off the call. All right, let me take you off mute here. Hi, Tony. Hello. Good evening, everybody. Can you hear me okay? Yes, yes we can yes, hear you, Tony. Hi, Tony. I liked your uh, uh, newsletter you wrote for Ron, especially that poem with the dash. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Who's this? This is Stanley from Michigan. Hey, Stanley. Stanley from Michigan. Awesome. Nice to have you. Thanks for the nice words. I appreciate that. I read a lot of articles. I don't remember which one that was specifically, but I do remember writing that. <laughs> Is everyone having a good day? Good Monday so far? Yes. Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. We're going to start in just another minute or two. Going to get started here. So. Okay. Very cool. Who's cooking? <laughs> I see a lot of people here, and the number keeps increasing which is awesome. The more, the merrier. I like a big packed house. It's like, it's like we've got a lot of places. I see Florida, Michigan, Arizona. Let's see, Iowa. More Florida. Cool. Colorado. Colorado, of course. California. Las Vegas. Missouri. Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Sin City. Very cool. Don't forget Maryland. Hey, I could never forget Maryland. That's my original home state right next to me. All right, all right. Okay. Well, if you guys can behave, I don't mind keeping the call line open so that we can uh, come in here on and hear each other t- speaking. But I may need to switch to Q&A mode so that we can mute y'all if we need to. And if I see someone making too much noise, I have a way that I can tell who you are and can, bam, mute you just like that. <laughs> of course, if you have background noise, just go ahead and mute yourself by uh, muting your phone is the easiest way of doing it. All right, so let's go ahead and get to it. If everyone is ready, again, for those of you who don't know who came in a little late, my name is Mentor Tony Pearl, and I'm in the Northern Virginia area right outside of D.C. Now, the purpose of this call is we, we hold this call on the second Monday of every month. Gold Club members can always submit deals prior to the call that we'll review right here. If you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen but not participate. You can always get more information and sign up for the Gold Club at www.ronsgoldclub.com for more information. Who's making all that noise? Hush now. <laughs> so the way that you can ask your questions is to, if you're a Gold Club member and you'd like to ask a question or discuss a deal that you submitted. I don't have any deals. No one submitted deals for the call tonight. So y'all making my job a lot easier. You can, the proper way to do it when we get the the Q&A mode is to press star six to be entered into the queue. 
And if you're a Gold Club member, did not dial into the interactive line that is listed on your Gold Club membership website homepage after you log in, you should hang up now and dial back in using that number on the homepage and the access code. I'm going to put us on Q&A mode. Hold on a second. Okay, there we go. Now everyone's muted. So whoever that was, you were too loud. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> okay, so again, if you are a Gold Club member and you are not able to participate and you need to dial in using the correct number, so what you need to do is log into the Gold Club and then simply look for the information to call in with that correct information at the bottom of the page and then hang up and call back. Now, again, if you have a question and you'd like to get yourself into the queue, you may press star six and I'll take you on a first come, first serve basis. And then we will be able to go from there. I'll be able to see you here on the handy dandy dashboard and I'll call on you. All right. So that is all I wanted to say. By the way, uh, let me make a quick announcement here in case you guys didn't know. There's a huge summit this week. I hope you all are ready and everyone is registered for the summit. If not, you can also do that on the Gold Club homepage there. Starts on Wednesday, 9 a.m. Eastern, and runs all the way through Friday evening. Uh, we'll probably end around 5 o'clock, give or take, I would imagine, and you're definitely going to want to be there for all the event that you can, especially towards the end, because that's when I believe Ron is going to be giving away his pride and joy, the red, beautiful Ford Coupe, 1946, the same year he was born, hence the significance. He's going to be giving that away on Friday. And apparently, from what I've seen, it comes at great personal pain to do so. So maybe the winner of that car will be uh, is on the call tonight. We just don't know. Anyway, so if y'all are ready, let's do this. And uh, the first person I'd like to call on is the first person I saw raise their hand. My old friend, it's either Danielle or Joseph Rivera. I believe y'all are in Las Vegas. I'm going to click on you and give it a second, and you are off mute. So is this Joe or Danielle? Hi, this is Danielle. Hey, Danielle. How you been? I've been good. How have you been? I've been excellent. Thank you so much. What can I do for you tonight? What's your question? Uh, so I just had a, a couple questions. I uh, was wondering as far as uh, marketing, um, what kind of marketing has been working best in this market? Uh, I've been trying everything from yellow letters to postcards to uh, – Bandit signs and Facebook, and it's been hard to get consistency. Absolutely, absolutely. And anyone who's in the business now knows that the market is smoking hot, smoking hot. Houses are selling, uh, you know, well, pretty quickly, like within a few hours, if not a few days, for in many markets around the country for more than asking price. In some markets around the country, we have bidding wars. So if you're only relying on the FISBO leads, Craigslist, Zillow, which normally work pretty well, but the whole world, if the whole world knows that you have a house for sale, everyone wants to buy it, it seems, with the low inventory. It's the, it's the psychology. It's the market. It's crazy right now. So because of that, we have to do like Danielle is suggesting here. And by the way, I'm talking not just to you, Danielle, but obviously to everyone here as I answer your question. So we've got to do things that are creative to get people contacting us, obviously. So, Danielle, you just mentioned a few things, bandit signs, yellow letters, postcards, and Facebook, you said, right? Yes. And what specifically are you doing on Facebook? Uh, paid ads. Okay, great. 
are you running paid lead ads or what are you you're having an ad appear on Facebook that you have a target market and then people click on the ad then what happens uh, they click on the ad that goes to my website to fill out a form okay goes to the website to fill out a form have you done any uh, Facebook lead ads where your form pops up right there on Facebook and then you capture that information and then send it to your website uh, yes um, half of the leads are Spanish speakers that don't know what they uh -huh. signed up for. <laughs> okay. Uh, hmm. And what kind, so are you getting a, like a lot of uh, crappy leads that have no idea what they clicked on? Uh, when I was doing the, the, the lead, so we actually, we hired a, a company, uh, one that uh, Ron recommended that is, I guess, managing our campaign right now, but we're, we're still not, you know, kind of getting results off of that. So I'm just wondering, you know, if there's some kind of campaign manager that maybe you're using or uh, some, I, I guess, some, something that's working right now. Yeah, uh, gosh, I don't know if I can actually share that on this call right now, but uh, there are, you want to find, if you're going to be looking to find someone who's going to manage your lead, your, your, your campaigns for you, you want to find someone who's in the real estate space, who knows what they're doing and has demonstrated some good consistency. Um, gosh, uh, let's see. Are you also doing anything with Google, pay-per-click? Uh, they also handle our, our Google ads. So they okay. do Google and Facebook. Okay. Great. And are you doing anything with YouTube? Uh, no, we haven't done anything with YouTube. Okay. That might be something that, that you might want to check out and, and put out some video ads in your target market. Are you doing specific – now, when you're doing uh, ads on Facebook and Google, are you doing specific areas or are you doing statewide or how are you running it? I uh, know we're doing specific areas, so uh, uh, just two specific cities. Okay. That is uh, where the problem may be because in my experience as, as an Internet marketing guy, you, what you've got to do is when you put out a campaign and run ads, you want to have a broad um, market that you go after so that Facebook and Google can run their algorithms and let their – let their uh, machines gather the information for you. So you may want to go statewide first, and have you know a bit of a a bit of a budget, uh, whatever your budget is that you can work with in the beginning, and then let let uh, yourself get like a hundred conversions, and then after that you should have plenty of data that you can work with, and then start to chisel it down from there. And are you doing deals virtually, or uh, it looks like you're probably just doing them in your specific area, right? Uh, no, we're doing them in Arizona, so we are uh, we're doing virtual, and I fly out there. You fly out there, okay? Wow, mm -hmm. I see, I see. So that is one approach that's been working for a lot of us is doing, starting off by having a bigger area and not constraining it for specific areas, because then you're you're putting the uh, it's like driving with the brakes on. You're not going to be able to gather as much information for Google Smart. Google and Facebook's algorithms to work their magic on there. So if you can run a new campaign and uh, start to have a bigger path and then chisel it down from there. Now don't blow your whole budget, but let it, let it have some budget in the beginning and then start to bring it in from there, if that makes sense. 
okay? And also look at YouTube for running ads, video ads in your, then you can specifically target your geographic areas. And as we all know, YouTube is owned by Google. So you're gonna be running Google ads, but for specific video, but running video ads, obviously on YouTube. And make sure that your ads, your, you, your videos are titled, tagged, and just have the proper description. And then go after that market with the Google ads for Facebook, I mean, I'm sorry, Google ads that take care of the YouTube marketing there. Okay, that's how you run YouTube ads through Google ads, ads.google.com. So either look into that yourself or direct your uh, marketing agency to look at that. Also, are you going after ugly houses, pretty houses, just people selling their house? What kind of ads are you running? Uh, just going uh, off of uh, people selling their house. I mean, we are offering, you know, top dollar and stuff like that. So. Okay. Good, good, good. Um, also, try different ads, different keywords, different approaches. Online marketing works great until it doesn't. And then we have to try. Oh, we'll always try and experiment with different keywords, different campaigns, different ad creatives. It's the name of the game. And then once you find the right one that works, hammer it until it doesn't work anymore. And then always try to beat that control. Okay? Does that help okay, at all? fair enough. Okay. Uh, yeah, awesome. I think it gives me some kind of idea. Okay, cool. Any, any other questions or is that the main one there? Listen, we are all hurting for good deals and leads right now. The market is just crazy. Again, it's not going to last. And who knows, six months, 12 months, who knows how long from now, a year, year and a half. We just don't know. Things could be upside down and everyone's running for the hills to get away from real estate. That's when we should be charging it. <laughs> yeah, the other question, I did have one other question. Uh, as far sure. as price increases go, I've been noticing a lot um, in certain markets where it's just like they, they had it listed on Zillow, for example, for, you know, 300000 and then they bumped the price up to three sixty or whatever. Um, you know, I... At what point uh, does a deal not work due to this market? Like how long of a term are you looking to get paying full price for a house with the market so high right now? Right. Well, first, lesson number one, don't ever be desperate for a deal that you wind up doing a crappy deal because you're going to regret it when, if and when the market changes. And then you're stuck with an asset that's declining in value and you pay too much. Don't ever personally guarantee debt. Don't ever write big checks and don't make promises you can't keep. Ron's big three uh, rules to never violate, right? So you always have to make sure, you know, I, the only way I'd ever really pay more than a house is worth is if I'm getting killer terms, you know, little to nothing down and maybe 100% principal, in, uh, principal payments. I don't have a problem with paying more than market uh, uh, value or at market value or higher if I'm getting killer terms. If you're taking over debt, it ha the deal has to make sense in order, for it to, in order for you to proceed. Don't compete with the greater fools out there who are willing to pay stupid prices, all cash. Don't compete with them. It's a losing game. It's only a matter of time before things change. Know who these people are, so if you want to wholesale a hot deal, they're the ones to sell to. But make sure that the numbers make sense on each and every deal that you do that you're not ever desperate that you get into something that you're going to regret later. Okay? Okay. But you're saying if the terms are really good, then it's fine to pay top dollar. Absolutely. If you have great terms, it is okay to pay top dollar. And again, great terms means nothing down, little to nothing down, 
uh, no interest, um, take over debt, no personally guaranteed debt. You know that you can make cash flow every month. Those kinds of things. But what's okay, the long, I guess the, the, the question that I have is for the length of term, like is four year, a four-year term oh. with zero down, et cetera, or five-year or ten-year, what are we talking about? That's a good question. It's, it's all subjective and it's all relative. Obviously, when we're buying, we want to get as long a term as possible. Um, so the shorter the term, the tighter you're paying yourself in a corner. Would you do a one-year term? If it makes sense and you know you have a buyer lined up, if you have a hot buyer's uh, list and they're ready to cash you out and you're not going to make much cash flow but there's a big back end, maybe you'd consider it. But I generally like to shoot for my sweet spot is generally between uh, at least five and ten years on terms deal. If I can get longer, like 15 years, absolutely, that's great. But the longer the better. And just whatever you do, make sure that whatever tenant buyer you install in the property or if you sell it with owner financing, obviously make sure that the term you give them is shorter than the term you have with the seller. Okay? Okay. All right. Sounds good. Very good. Nice to talk to you, Danielle. Take care. Thank you. Thanks you for your too. questions. Okay. Awesome. Next up, we have Leo Houses, phone number ending in 0303. You are next. Here we go. Hi, Tony. Leo, how, how are you? Hello. Good. Is this Leo? <laughs> this is Leo. All right. Where are you calling from, Leo? All right. I'm calling from Las Vegas. I was just so surprised oh that you were speaking with Daniel. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's by the way, awesome. Vegas in the house. By the way, yes. I want to say this real quick to Daniel. Daniel, I'm in Las Vegas, and I'm fluent in Spanish. So if you want to partner up to work those leads, I'm willing to work with you for sure. That's great. Would you mind sharing your, uh, your, your, your number or a way that Danielle yeah. can get a hold of yeah, you yeah. on that? Absolutely. That's a good point. Danielle, my number okay. is 702. That's the area code. 201-0303. Perfecto. Perfecto. ¿Y de dónde eres, Leo? De España. <laughs> de España. Ah, qué bien. Qué bien. Yep, ¿Qué pasa yep. en España? Del sur de Andalucía. Ah, Cádiz. Sí, ah, perfecto. Perfecto. Yeah. Muy lindo. Yo conozco España. Muy lindo ahí. Hace mucho tiempo. Anyway, let's uh, switch back to English for the rest of the gringos here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> wow. So, Tony, uh, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned yes, at the beginning of the call that uh, you didn't get any leads today, but I did uh, email my lead in. My, uh, uh, it was a yes lead, and I emailed it in. Uh, what time? It was around 4.15, and I noticed that I was looking, it said, it said submit before 4.30. I'm like, oh, I'm on time. So I sent it in. What's that? But I sent it last week, too. It's just uh, nobody ever responded. So I figured today, okay, today I'm doing it. Okay. I'm so sorry. I didn't get anything. And I, I just no heard global that, uh, that, that we didn't have any leads turned in. So was that uh, 4.15 Eastern time or your time? Pacific time, yeah. Ah, uh, that's why. It was, it was, it's got to be by 4, 4.30 oh, no, Eastern time. Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, uh, 4.30, I was looking on the, the message. No, it was earlier my time because it's now 4.20 my time. So, no, it was earlier okay. today. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, gosh, I, I don't know why they didn't get it and send huh. it out to me. Huh. 
But okay. uh, if you want to discuss the Excuse me, I don't have the PI sheet in front of me, obviously, but if you want to tell me the details of the lead, we can discuss it. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, okay. this is a condo that is located in Lofton. And Lofton, it's about an hour and 30 minutes south of Las Vegas. Okay. So um, I spoke with the, uh, the owner, and um, she's being relocated to um, uh, Phoenix, and that's why she wants to sell it. She's not quite in a rush, but um, we discussed the terms, and uh, I'm willing to, I can get it with no money down and uh, pay the payment that she pays every month, uh, including the HOA, so she wouldn't have to make a payment. The only thing, um, we never discuss the years or the terms. Um, I, I know you okay. were just uh, telling Daniel that the longer it goes, the better. But for someone like this, um, I get the feeling that if we hold it too long, she's just going to, I don't know. So I was thinking, you think three years, it's a uh, okay term for a, for a condo? Yeah, I don't, have, I don't have a problem with that. Obviously, three years would be kind of a minimum. But uh, mm-hmm. and and by the way, let me let me just say this, Leo. That don't worry. Hey, on on the phone calls, we usually do not try to discuss the term unless the seller brings it up. Mm-hmm. So if they bring it up, we have to address it. But if they don't, then we don't bring it up, and we bring it up when we get to the house meeting and we are negotiating. Mm-hmm. Then we have everything else, and that's like a last minute thing. Then we just talk about the term, and then we have everything else set up. So they will be much more in a position to want to work with us on a longer term because we have everything else already set up, usually how it works. Okay? So don't worry about that if you didn't discuss that just yet. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what about the purchase price versus what the uh, uh, condo is worth? How's that looking? Okay, so What's initially... What's the R? Mm-hmm. Initially, she was asking uh, 155 and I started uh, looking at the prices and everywhere around it. Uh, <laughs> immediately, when I got on the phone with her and I followed the script and I asked her if that was the best she could do, immediately she went, well, I can do 145 So she Ooh. dropped it to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. um, I was checking, and unfortunately, Laughlin is not a very big town. And in uh-huh. that particular section, in that area where the condo is located, there's only two recent sales within the past uh, four months for that specific uh, condo. And how many one properties of them are? Was one to, sorry? How, I'm sorry. How many properties are for sale? How many listings? Ooh, you know what? That I did not check. I only checked on the sales because I was trying to get a, a reasonable value for it. I but I haven't checked I how many or so, yeah. Okay. So when you're doing research, I like to, we'd like to recommend don't do too much research, if any. Just take a quick look at the pictures maybe before you make the first, the, either the opening or the closing call. Uh, right. And after you get your closing call done, and if you have favorable, uh, if, if they answer the million-dollar script with good answers and you like what you're hearing, then you set the appointment, and then you can start to do a little bit of due diligence before you go out there, obviously. So right. Well, let me, let me tell you, Tony, I, I, didn't, did any, I didn't do any of that until I actually got on the phone with her. It was after I was uh-huh. on the phone that uh, I told her, because 
Well, I was on the phone. She says, well, can you send me the contract that you want to use so I can look at it? And then, uh, of course, I follow the script. Told her, well, I don't have a contract yet. I haven't even looked at the house. So I told her that I needed to go out there and look at the house, and I will send her a contract that she can review and see if she's okay with that. The thing is, uh-huh. yeah, I know it's an hour and a half away drive. I know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way that I can – is it possible to send her an offer without actually having to drive out there and look at the house? Because she's in Phoenix and she's going to have her brother meet me there to open the place and show me. So even if I go there, she's uh, not going to be, be, be able to show it. Right. Exactly. Okay. So okay. it's just going to be a lot of, That's an excellent question. Excellent, mm-hmm. excellent question. Forgive me for cutting you off, but we, we got a lot of people lined up in the queue, but I want to answer your question, of course. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of ways that we can absolutely take a look at the place without having to drive an hour and a half out there and waste your time and, uh, and everything. So what you can do is see if her brother is close to – her brother lives close to the place, right, if not yes. in there. So see if you can yes. set up a virtual I say, hey, can I, let me talk to your brother. Maybe he can uh, get his phone and walk around the condo and show me what it looks like. And mm-hmm. if I like what I see, then we can put an, 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 an agreement together and work it out that way. So then mm-hmm. you don't have to drive out. They drive out to the place. They're the ones with the house for, with the place for sale. They walk around. You, you have like FaceTime. If you both have iPhones, it's very easy. Mm-hmm. If you don't mm-hmm. both have iPhones, you can use Google Duo, D-U-O, which is yep. a free and awesome app. I'm sure you know about that. Mm-hmm. And you can have a video call with them. They walk around. They show you this. They show you that. Hey, look, look a little bit to the right. Let me see that. Okay, great. So if you like what you see, okay, thank them for their time, and then uh, dismiss the brother, and then get the sister back on the phone. Now, with the real seller. So normally what we do, obviously, our best thing is to have a meeting with the seller in the house or the condo, if mm-hmm. possible. If that's just not possible because one of you is long distance, then you do the virtual tour. And then after mm-hmm. that, you can prepare an agreement. And, you know, if this is the way we got to do it, this is the way we got to do it. You can prepare a contract and then mm-hmm. upload it to DocuSign or HelloSign. Now, mm-hmm. here's the key. What the amateur will do when the seller says, just send me the contract. Okay, sure, here you go, and just send it over. And then you never hear from them again. Mm-hmm. Or, or whatever the case may be. So what you want to do whenever possible, you want to take control of the situation and duplicate what it would be like if you went out to their house, but do it virtually. So that means that you would prepare the agreement, upload it to DocuSign or HelloSign, and then set a time with the seller, maybe right after the virtual tour, and tell them to be in front of their computer. And then what you do is while you have them in front of their computer, you email it over to them and go over the agreement with you while they're on the phone with you and they're in front of their computer. That way mm-hmm. you have the highest likelihood of taking control of the situation and getting an agreement, uh, getting some sort of a code together. Mm-hmm. And then all they got to do is digitally sign it. You digitally sign it, bada bing, bada boom. If you have to make any arrangements, any, any changes, you can do it. And, awesome. and then that way, you, yeah, that's how you do it. Makes sense, right? Yes. All right. And Tony, the yeah. last thing is regarding the price, as I mentioned to you, is she dropped it to one forty five. The two yeah. recent sales, one was one for one twenty five nine and the second one was one one thirty nine nine. So they're very close to one forty. I think in this case, since she's gonna let me have it with no money down, 
145 will be fine. You think? Yeah, snap but fire? don't don't be afraid to negotiate in there. I would I would talk to her and say, hey, I'm just about to put an agreement together for us, and I'd like to set up a time for me to take a look at this. I'd like to talk to your brother about making arrangements. But before mm-hmm. I do that, I have a couple quick questions. Uh, I did a little bit of research, and I'm only able to find a couple of these uh, some recent sales of, of properties like yours in this area for this price and this price. How did you come up with your asking price here? Uh, help me out here. Do you have any any supporting data for this that can that can support mm-hmm. your asking price that we that we have here? Mm-hmm. Perfect. And see and see if you can chisel it down. All right. And thank you very much. Okay. All yeah. right. My pleasure. Great talking to you, Leo. Mucho gusto. Good talking to you. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. All right. All right. Next up, we have. Oh crap! I'm terribly sorry. I pushed the wrong button. Silly me. If you have a question, I just cleared it out. I'm kicking myself. I just slap myself. If you press the star six again to put yourself back in the queue. Damn, I pressed the wrong button. So sorry. Again, if you have a question, press star six. And it looks like Ricky Simmons, you're the first up. Anyone else? Star six. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I apologize. My bad. I slapped myself so you don't have to do it. <laughs> Ricky Simmons, you're coming up next. Let me pick you. Pause for two seconds and then begin speaking. Here we go. All right, Ricky, you're in the queue. How you doing, my friend? Can you hear me okay? Ricky Simmons, phone number ending in 7682. Yeah. Tony, Ooh. can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Yes, sir. Okay, excellent, man. How, how you doing, Tony? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? How you doing tonight? And where are you calling from? Good, good. Good, thanks. Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. Won't hold it against you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Tony. Yes, I have a few uh, students in that area that are like wondering what the heck is going on, ready to move out of there. Oh, really? Why is that? Oh, uh, I don't want to get into the specifics, but it has to do with uh, leadership and taxes, shall we say. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, we've seen an exodus because of that, yep. Um, exactly. You know, what can I do for you, sir? Similar to, yeah, um, similar to what the first lady um, was uh, discussing about getting leads, and I, I know it's hard for everybody, but I've been doing uh, Google PPC, Facebook, not getting a lot of traction there. I also use probably the same service she's using now. I'm doing it myself now, getting basically the same results. Um, but, you know, my question is, uh, what do you think or what is your view about moving into multifamily? Is it less competitive than the single family arena? Because I know that you can get much more passive income with multifamily, and I'm hearing that it's less competitive. What are your views on that, Tony? You know, I get asked this question quite a bit, Ricky, believe it or not. It's crazy. And my answer is, it depends. Different markets have different things going on. This could be a gold mine for you. If your main goal is cash flow, which it should be for everybody, multifamilies might be amazing. And for Mm -hmm. the most part, the same principles that we learn and utilize from Ron work Mm -hmm. in other arenas of real estate. If we can Mm -hmm. find a seller, motivated seller has flexibility, and we can work things out with them to work out some creative financing, that's, right. that's the way to go. Absolutely. Anything you can okay. do, as long as you're not writing big checks, personally guaranteeing debt, or making promises yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. keep, obviously. No, no, no. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I don't do so. That. Do you have some? So, but why do, why do you ask? You're interested or in 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 uh, the cash flow, obviously. And do you have any leads that are coming across your table that uh, there are multi units yet? No, no, I, I don't have that yet. I haven't targeted it. I just read a book by Lance Edwards. And Great. I think he might have been on um, Ron's podcast. Yes. And or vice versa. Lance was on his. He was on Lance's. Something like that. But I sure. read Lance's book recently. Um, making money for yeah. small apartments. And it was yeah. just, it was eye opening, you know, and it's just another avenue for real estate. Um, that's why I sort of brought it up. And also the fact that there's forced appreciation. Uh, I think that's what they call it, forced appreciation, where you can raise rents and, and oh, get yeah. more equity that way and raise the value of the building. So it just seems that, you know, and also of course the cash flow. So it just yep. seemed like it was a good option being that, you know, the hot thing now is wholesaling and single family pretty houses, which is great. You know, I do some of that, but um, yes. it's just extremely competitive now. And I'm just looking at ways to, you know, get to cash flow that's less competitive, you know? Uh, I completely agree. And I think that you're barking up the right tree. Multifamily can be extremely attractive for all the reasons that you just mentioned right there. And I'm sure you've heard of Grant Cardone, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, he's all about multi-units, many doors, more doors, more income, less mm -hmm. hassle, all that good stuff. So I think it's a great idea to listen to Lance Edwards. He has some excellent strategies. He's been around a while. He knows his stuff. And, uh, yeah, if that's the way you want to go, check it out and, uh, and get back to us and let us know how it's working out for you. And we'll be checking out your okay. course soon, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, Tony. <laughs> yeah. No problem. No problem. I appreciate your question. And good to talk to you. Good Thanks, luck sir. up there. Stay warm, huh? Appreciate it. Thanks. Appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. You're quite welcome. All right. Take care. Next up, we have Hamilton, Ohio. Phone number ending in 0002. You are next, and I'm going to pick on you. Here we go. And again, for everyone else, if you want to get in the queue and, and talk to me, we'll have some fun. Press star six to drop your name in the hat and put yourself in the queue, and I'll see you and call on you next after whoever we have in Ohio. Who might this be? Hi, this is Debbie. How are you, Tony? I'm great. Debbie, you said? Yes. Hey, nice to help. Here's a nice, what a, what a pleasant, happy voice you have. How's well, just, what can oh, I do for thank you? you. I, I always think the same thing about you. <laughs> and oh, I'm well, thank you. pretty new, and I am... Um, was curious about, I'm a little confused about something, and, and if I misquote Ron, I don't mean to. He says something, you know, when you buy the houses um, versus lease, purchase the house, you know, actually do the purchase and sale agreement. He always says you really have nothing to lose because um, you're not guaranteeing debt. But just say at the end of the term, um, or what happens if you can't, I'm not, I, I, I wish I had the exact quote he says, um, but what happens if you can't find a buyer? Let's just say that happens. Um, is there ever a time when you would actually um, give the house back? But I don't know if you could do that because you actually sign an agreement with the seller. So what does he mean when you, you're not guaranteeing debt? I understand that, but you've got nothing to lose because you really don't want to renege on a contract. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm, am I making any sense? <laughs> Absolutely. Let me see if I can clarify for, 
for you, me, and everyone here. Okay. <laughs> so what you're asking is if you have an agreement with a, with a seller, whether it's a, it's a lease purchase or if you bought the house with some sort of creative financing like a wrap um, or seller financing, something of this nature, what happens at the end of that term? Let's say it's five years. You have a five-year balloon or five-year term agreement. Five years is coming up real fast. You have the place rented out, but your tenant buyers are not ready to cash you out. Is that your question? Um, no, not really. It's kind of like if he – is there ever a time where you would have to give the house back to the seller? Say you couldn't find a, a tenant buyer. Does that ever happen? And oh, so you're talking if you get an agreement with a, with a seller, and before you even put anyone in there, let's say you have – a month or two or, th or whatever the case may be, and you're just not able to find anybody to get in the house? Exactly, yes. Oh, okay, okay, sure. So, yes, so the, the worst that can happen is you would lose, if you're not able to perform on your agreement and get the property filled and occupied according to what you want to do, the worst that could happen is that you will lose your earnest money, or earnest money deposit or binder deposit, EMD, binder deposit, all the same thing, which is usually how much? $10. $10 or up to $100. Exactly. So that's the worst right. that could happen. On the positive, you're risking 10 to $100 but you have the possibility to gain tens of thousands of dollars. That's what we like to call a good gamble. And, and, and you're in control, not like a lottery ticket where there's forget about it. So if you just suck selling the house, you just can't get anything done no matter what, don't just give up. You want to do everything that you can so you don't just lose a, a deal here. Okay, So you can, you can work with other people to try and find someone to fill the property. You can... Find other, other, uh, other investors who may have a tenant buyer lined up that you don't have access to. Obviously, you want to do everything that you can to market the place. Put bandit signs. Put, uh, go on Craig, uh, Craigslist. Go on Facebook Marketplace. Run Facebook ads if you want. Network with other people. Network, uh, just market the crap out of it. Put flyers on every, uh, every car and every door in the neighborhood. Do direct mailings if you want to. Don't just give up. So... To hear the, that you are saying that, that you're afraid or wondering about the possibility of not being able to find someone, that either means that you just don't have confidence in yourself to be able to do that, which if you're new, is totally understandable, or that you just got a, a, an ugly, crappy house under contract that nobody really wants, in which case you can always renegotiate and do a possible other style of deal. But just There's always a, a buyer for every property. Okay, okay that's so, Okay. But if push comes to shove, your, 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 your emergency eject switch would be to just say, Mr. Seller, I'm so sorry. Uh, I had an emergency come up. I have to opt out of this agreement. Um, but what I'd like to do is direct you to X, Y, or Z, point them in the right direction. I'm terribly sorry. I just was not able to do this. I'm going to opt out of the agreement. You can you know, find someone else to buy the house. I'm so sorry. And let me go uh, do whatever. Okay, and, and, and due to the language in Ron's agreements on the Gold Club, they couldn't come back after you and, and sue you or anything like that. Yeah, it, yeah that back right? in the day, they used people would sue each other for a specific performance, but our, our agreements are written with nobody does that anymore. The worst that could happen is you lose your bond or deposit. 
no harm. Okay, no gotcha. Oh, well, that okay. explains it. Perfect. That's that excellent explanation. That really clears it up. And my next question is about wholesaling because when you're new, I mean, I've tried to do some of you know. I don't, I'm not in the gold club yet. Um, I'm just still learning, but. I'm trying to, I'm contacting a lot of people on Zillow, and of course I'm having the same experience as everybody else has, the market's so hot, et cetera. So I'm looking at trying to find some um, wholesale deals, and people seem to like those when they get started, but what's your opinion about that? I mean, are they in this market any easier to find? Because I'm, I'm trying to get to my first deal, however sure, I can. Sure, Good question. So to repeat your question, a lot of people, when they first get into real estate, they get into wholesaling. But in this hot market, it might seem that buying a house for all cash real cheap is going to be a bit more difficult because houses are selling for crazy prices, right? Right. Okay. Well, that's an excellent question, and I'm going to answer it like this. Everyone, when you're in real estate, when you get into real estate investing, everyone should have wholesaling as one of the tools in your arsenal, as one of the arrows in your quiver. I'm going to be writing an article soon. It's going to be called, What's in Your Tool Bag? It's going to talk about how you need to have the right tool for the right job. And wholesaling should always be there because we all want to become transaction engineers, which means anything that comes across the desk, you know what to do with so you can make money. And everyone that you talk to these days, you're going to find a lot of people, most people, not all, but most people you talk to are going to want to say, I just want to cash out. I just want to be done with it. I just want my money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of the time right. these days... Most of the people are going to be able to get it. So always remember that you can have that available to you. Remember, we buy houses. Terms is hot now. Everyone's talking about terms. But I want you all to recognize, repeat after me, we buy houses, cash, or terms. We buy houses, cash, or terms. Okay? So because of that, we can always, if they say, I always want cash, blah, 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 then you can ask, okay, Mr. Seller, well, if I were to pay you all cash and close quickly, What's the, can you finish that sentence? Least you would take. Very good, very good. If they give you a price, what's your follow-up question immediately? Is, Is that, that the, the best you can do? Hey, Debbie's been paying attention. I'm learning. <laughs> there you go. There's hope for you yet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So always have wholesaling in your arsenal of tools. And then here's something I, I, tell, I tell my students. If you ask that question, you get an answer, and they give you something then they use that as a reason to pivot, to talk about terms. Well, Mr. Seller, that's a bit high for what we can do as investors if we're going to pay it all cash. But let me tell you, let me ask you something. What if there was a way we could give you a higher price, closer to what you're looking for, close whenever you want, give them benefit benefits, right? And make this a really easy transaction. If we could do something like that with you, is that something we could discuss? Sure. Okay, great. Well, if we were to close with you, make this really easy, and not have you worry about real estate agents' commissions, what's the least you could take? Let them tell you. And then you can talk about the million-dollar script, or you can talk about, really, you want to pivot to terms and say, uh, well, we can, pay that, we can pay a higher amount, but the only thing is that we would need to see if you would be open to taking payments for a little while. It would be like a delayed cash-out. What if we could pay a higher price for your house and have it be a delayed cash out? Would you take payments for a little while until we get you cashed out? Is that something we could discuss? So that's a great way to pivot. So don't just start with terms. Start with assessing the situation and asking questions for a lot of times. So keep that in your back pocket, something to keep in mind. Okay? Oh, that's so wholesaling, good. you like that? <laughs> yes. Cool. So what are we saying wholesaling, wholesaling is? 
Say again? I'm sorry, I, I missed the last part of that. What did you say wholesaling is? Always something to keep in your arsenal of tools. It still works. People are still doing wholesale deals. Okay? They're just not as prevalent as they usually are because it's obviously a smoking hot market. So. Got you. Okay. That helps. I, I, thank you. Those, that explanation, those explanations helped a lot. I just needed to hear the right words, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. My pleasure. So thank you. My and pleasure. I look forward to that um, article. When are you going to get that written? Because I want to read it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Whenever I have time, which is these days, forget about it. This week is all locked up. Next week is all locked up. We've got back-to-back -to -back events. Oh, but I'll have it out there sometime soon. I put it out for my students on my website that I have for my students exclusively. And um, then after a little bit, I release it into I, some articles I release into the wild, such as this one, maybe I will. And I might put it in Ron's Gold Club or the Mentor Magazine. So keep an eye out for it. Hope you I like sure will. Thank you. It. Thank you for explaining. That was very helpful. I'm happy to help out, Debbie. My pleasure. Thanks for your question. Thank have a you. great night. Keep on with it. You too. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, next up we have Phoenix, Arizona, phone number ending in 6606. Here we go. Phoenix, Arizona, 6606. Hey, Tony. Who's this? This is Joseph. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing great, Joseph. How are you? Good, good. Got a quick question, you know, on this uh, follow-up with the question that Danielle asked with regard to over, overpaying on the pricing of the houses right now. Yeah. So my question would be is, like you mentioned, if the terms are good, you're okay with doing that. I guess my concern would be if I get, let's say, a, you know, let's say that, like I have a, a property right now that I'm looking at for 79000 I know for a fact that it's overpriced in reality by about twenty grand. Okay? Uh-huh. Now, with that said, I probably could get terms with it, but I'm probably only going to get about a four-year term with it. And my break-even point on it, in reality, if I rent it out and all that, it's going to be about six years. Uh-huh. What is your recommendation on something like that? Should I be willing to overpay like that, or should I not look at that as a good deal? Okay. What kind of terms would you get? How much, what, be, how much down, how much uh, a month, what can you rent it for? Is there any cash flow a month? So based on the deal right now, I probably would do maybe five grand down. And, uh, and? right now it's rent, it, it is already, it already has a renter in it technically right now, and they're renting it for $1,000 a month. Okay. And what would you pay the seller? Uh, well, I'll, my term would be only to give him the same amount that he's getting now. So you would give him a thousand, and you would get a thousand. So there's no cash flow. There's no cash flow. I'm just looking at the long term aspect of it because I, my intention would be to hold that for a long term after uh, point after that. Okay, I understand. Um, so you'd be paying more than the house is worth, or the condo is worth, right? And you'd be putting well, money down. Based, based on the market, that's the 79000 because everybody in that area raised their cost. But if I were to look back a year ago, it's about fifteen, twenty grand more than what it is now, so to speak. But we're not talking about a year ago. What is it, what is it I, worth right yep. now? Is it, is it worth that? 
<laughs> it's it's probably it's probably about five grand over. Okay, five grand over. I see. And if you pay the seller a thousand dollars a month, what would that go towards? Do they have an existing mortgage, or are you are you buying it on a wrap? Or do uh, they own no, there, Let's start with that. No, there's no existing mortgage that would go against the seventy nine thousand. So it'd be a credit every month against the seventy nine thousand. So I would do a, a balloon payment at the end of the term. Okay, so so when you say a credit. Then you're to me when I hear credit, that means that you're buying that you have it on the, a, a lease, a lease purchase with the seller. If, uh, it, no, if you're I'm buying t- it, then it would be a thousand, then it would be a reduction in principle that you owe the seller. Yes, it would be a reduction. It would be a reduction of principle to be exact. Okay, so a thousand dollars a month to the seller. How much are taxes and insurance, and condo fee? Um, uh, it's not a condo. No condo fees. And taxes and insurance, uh, approximately. Hold on, let me see one second. Like three hundred bucks or so. Uh, for the year, I think is about eight hundred bucks. For taxes. Yes. Wow. And how much would insurance be? That I don't know. Okay, normally we say like a hundred bucks, but for a problem, yeah, it's cheap, pro- probably say. yeah, it's probably in that range, yes. Okay, so you're looking about 166 bucks. Let's 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 reduce that down a little bit. 150 bucks for taxes and insurance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <clears throat> and if you're paying the seller a thousand bucks, you got to have 150 of that at least go towards taxes and insurance. So you're talking like an 850 dollar a month. Reduction in principle. Correct. So, so if 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 uh, if that's what it would be, and every month you have that amount going down against you know what you owe to the seller, so it's zero percent interest. Correct. Um, I would also want to get about a three month moratorium before you start having to make payments. If you're paying, you know, if you have to pay five grand down, you know, obviously I want to chisel that down as well, but. That would be a hedge against that. So you'd want to get at least three months, no payments. I was about okay. to say that's a golden turd, but if you have 100% interest, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 100% principal only payments, and then you have like a five year balloon, that's gonna that's gonna knock down your balance real fast. So if you have correct. just if the numbers are correct and you have 850 a month times 12 months, that's 10,000, little over 10,000 uh, dollars a year that would be taking taken off of the principal that you owe the seller after four years that's 40 grand less so so you would be making really no cash flow a month but you'd be getting that uh, uh, reduction in principal so maybe something to consider I don't necessarily like the deal but um, if you can get I want to get the down payment down and get to the seller and do what you can to get something up front from the tenant. You got to get a decent amount from the tenant buyer. I mean, you're going to get at least five, ten grand down if you can. You might get more. So, right. And also, if you buy it this way, then you would want to make sure you buy it in a trust and make your trust yep. the guarantor of the loan, not you personally. That's a deal killer. Correct. Correct. Okay. Does that answer yep. your question? It does. I do have one other one, if you, if I could, with regard to wholesaling. Sure. 
So I've been getting mixed uh, answers on this. With regard to the wholesaling, I'm told that you can only do a wholesale deal if the house is paid off and the purchaser that's buying is buying it in cash. Almost. It doesn't have to be paid off. There does have to be a lot of equity. There does have to be, if the, the seller can owe on a loan. To do a wholesale deal, if you're negotiating with a seller, this is for the benefit of you and everyone else, of course, if you're negotiating with yep. a seller, it's best if they own it free and clear. Usually it's a junker property. It doesn't have to be, but usually. House that needs a lot of work. <clears throat> but they can have a loan, but the loan that they owed to the bank has, you know, has to be less or at least no more than what you're, what you're going to buy it for, wholesale mail price. So they can have a loan, absolutely. But if it's like a $100,000 R property and they have an $80,000 loan, you're trying to buy it for forty grand. that's not going to work unless the bank does a short sale with you. Okay? So if they have a $20,000 loan, yeah, you could buy it for forty grand. And then pay off that loan when you cash out with your uh, with the person to whom you wholesale the deal, and just the title company or closing attorney will take care of all those details. So, so I guess okay. I'm trying to answer the question. So, let's say they have a mortgage; it's 150 thousand that I get it for. I'm going to sell it for 180. Okay. Do I have? Yeah. Can I do? I've been told that I can't do legally a double closing, so to speak, on that. Or do I have to that? do a double closing? No, you don't, uh, you don't have to do a double closing. When you go to pay off, all right, so you get a, a, a the seller's going to sell it to you for 180 He has a loan on there for 150 and then you're going to sell it to your buyer for how much? Uh, let's say 200 Okay. No, you don't have to do a double closing. Okay. And could the, buyer get, could the buyer at 200 get a mortgage to do the entire wholesale deal at that point, or does he have to be a cash buyer? He could, but that's going to complicate things, and I'm not going to discuss that strategy on this call. We're going to keep it simple like a pimple, and obviously the property should be worth like maybe 300 and he's buying it for 200 from you, and you have it under contract from the seller for 180 So you right. wrap it up for 180 then you sell it to your buyer for 200 you make twenty right. grand. The seller makes pays off his loan for one fifty, and then Correct. whatever is left over below that one eighty, he puts in his pocket. You put twenty in your pocket. Your buyer gets it, fixes it up, flips it, makes his money. Correct. So that is a possibility that that can be done through a conventional loan from the buyer. Is there anything specific that I have to do to make sure the paperwork is done correctly on that? First of all, the house. Okay, so if your buyer is getting a loan, you can't sell yep. it to them because you're not on title. You have to have seasoning, chain of title, in order to okay. have good, clean title. Your contract cannot be from you because you're not on title. The contract right. would have to go directly from the seller to the buyer, and you would get paid on the HUD as either a junior lien payoff or a consultant fee. However, your closing attorney or agent needs to have it handled in order for it to be a clean transaction. Does that make sense? Okay. I do believe that makes sense, yes. Good. Awesome. Okay. Right. I, pre I appreciate that, Tony. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Good talking with you, and have a great night. All right. Next up.
we have Jacksonville, Florida. Danielle, I saw you were on the queue. I was just about to call on you. And Marina Pettit, I saw you in the queue earlier. If you want to get back in the queue, if you have a question, dial star six. We have a few minutes. We can have a couple more questions. We might need to get into speed round here soon. But in the meantime, Jacksonville, Florida, phone number ending in 7439. I'm going to call on you next. Here we go. Three, two, one. Jacksonville, you're in the house. Who's this? Hi, Tony. It's Sherry Anderson. I met you at the last conference, Quick Storage. I said, hey, Sherry, how are you doing? I'm yes. doing great. Nice to talk to you. Listen, I have awesome. a question. Hey, um, I'm dealing with several properties that they want cash. So I've actually gone out and found some private lenders that will do 70, 80, or 90% on a purchase. Mm. Um, uh-huh. I know. So how do you present that to the private lenders, rather going and stumbling, not knowing what you're doing? Like say if the property, uh, the guy wanted originally 890 but he'll take 530 for a cash out. Ooh. How do you carry that into the private lenders? Because I've gone out of my way to, um, I've, I've actually done this on my own. So I'm kind of figure out how to structure the deal. And with the seller, would you do a lease option or would you do it on, uh, owner finance? Whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. All right, one question okay. at a time. <laughs> What's your, ask <laughs> no your first problem. question regarding private lending, right? Private lending, um, yes. How do you present a deal like that to a private lender? With, uh, my fear is, They'll think I'm finagling the deal and, you know, not trust it. So that's a concern. The guy was originally asking 890000 but for different personal reasons, he just wants to cut his losses and get out somewhere around 530000 which is a okay. phenomenal deal. If um, the property is worth the eight ninety or above, if he just wanted that, but it's really worth like five fifty. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, this property actually could come in around 969 based on some comps out there. I think it, you know, it's definitely worth 890. He just doesn't have the time and patience to wait it out. He needs to move quick and um, that kind of thing. But I'm not sure how to present it. I don't want to look like I'm waffling going in or like I'm trying to finagle the deal, you know. Uh, Do you bring it in at the five? 30, it seems to me to get 70, 80, or 90%, you're going to have to work with the 890,000, then get it down, you know, to a reasonable Okay, well, first of all, you don't want to borrow more than 70 or 80% of the value of the property from a private lender, even if they're selling, willing to go up to 90,000. You just, just don't do it. Just do not do it. 70, okay. 75% maybe of the ARV of the property to protect your lender. Also, have you already had a conversation and they've indicated they, that you've got private lenders uh, ready, yeah, willing, and, so and able to do the deal? You just need to talk to them about the deal itself? Yeah. Well, um, one of the lenders wanted me to have meat in the deal. You know, they don't care how much, but they can do the deal, cash out, 70 80%. Um, but if I'm doing 70 or 80%, does that bring me to the 530 he wants? I'm trying not to put money into the deal. Um, and then, you know, some of the other lenders were talking about they would do 70, 80, or 90, depending on the deal. 
and itself, and they would also, in addition to that, pay nine months forward payments on the property. I mean, they're doing some phenomenal things. But um, my concern is, you know, first impressions are lasting with people going in, presenting the deal. I'm a little confused. I mean, my take on the deal is I'd probably go in at $890,000, ask for 80% cash out, you know, get get them to pay as much as possible. Um, I just don't want to have to pay any difference right now. So I don't know exactly how to present that deal. You know, I'm buying it actually at 530. He's discounting it from 890. So if I'm taking it to a private lender, they have all these boxes that are black and white. <laughs> you know, you don't have all these explanations in these boxes. So I didn't know okay. how to present it. I, I don't know how to get to I, I have the numbers. I know what they'll do, but I, I just don't know exactly how to present it to the private lender to make them comfortable so that they can do the deal and do it quickly. The property itself is gorgeous. I mean, that's like a one-point-something million-dollar property, it looks like to me. It's on a waterway, uh, you know. And it's in excellent shape? Cool. Doesn't need oh, it's in excellent shape. It has, okay. you know, a boat lift, boat dock. I mean, it's just well, a, it's a nice property. And, okay. Um, so if the property is really worth that amount and you're trying to find a way to present this to a private lender, let, let me say right. this. Let's say I have a $100 bill. It's real. It's legit in my hand. I'm willing to sell it to you uh, for, for, for 60 bucks. Would you buy that $100 bill? Yeah. Of course you would. That's the kind of way you need to look at presenting an opportunity like this to a good private lender. I, why do you want to borrow 80% on that 890 instead of, say, 70%? Well, I want to not have to put any cash in it and turn around and flip it in 30 to 45 days. Because okay. I, want, I want the cash out so that I can do this real estate stuff. Um, uh-huh. you know, so how much you get, would you be able to get it for? Um, he said that he would sell it to 530000 530000 Okay, so and if you borrow, I looked if you, you get 70% of $890,000, you get 70% of eight ninety. that's six twenty three. Subtract out five thirty. Mm-hmm. okay, and you're looking at a good chunk of change there. Yeah, it's a phenomenal deal. It is. This property, from what I could see, could go up to 969. So my thing is, I want to get into real the real estate thing that you guys are all doing, but I need to. I you know I'm cash poor right now. I you know I have another business, but I can't pull anything from there. It's just really it's medical. So I'm wanting to do this deal, and I'm not wanting to mess it up going in uh, to these private lenders so I can get what I want get in there, you know, have an open house, sell the property. Um, I mean, at this point, I could either do terms on it if I get it, you know, cash out, cash yeah. in because I'm in first yeah. position. Yeah, you've got a smoking hot deal. If the numbers are accurate here, you have a smoking hot deal. a smoking hot deal. And I've talked I verbally w- to the guy as of Friday. I would not sell this. I would uh, put it out there, lease option, tenant buyer. You can hang on to this place. That's a ton of money you're going to be able to write off against your taxes, hang on for a possible appreciation, and yeah. So yeah, if, you're sure. tenant, if you're private lenders, listen, I have a great deal. I need Okay, find out what your percentages are. 
I understand you want to put some money in your pocket, and that's all fine and well, but make sure I that told, whatever the payments are going to be. I'm good not to do that as long as I can get involved. I need to get a mentor. I need to do all these things. So I'm trying to get into trying to get a deal big enough that I can do what I need to do to move this thing because I'm extremely sure. interested in this. I'm very just super interested. You better get out there and lock that house up like tomorrow for whatever yeah. price, the cheapest cash. If you've got to get it all cash, give yourself as long a term as you can. Get it under contract to control it, to buy it, use a purchase and sales agreement. Lock that puppy down, and then you go to yeah. your private lenders that you've already prepared, and you said, hey, are you ready to yeah. have, a, I have a good deal? Yeah, this is what we have. It. Okay, are you going to talk or am I going to talk? <laughs> okay, Who, who's going to talk here, me or you? You. <laughs> okay, then please allow me to answer your question there, Sherry. <laughs> Thanks. So lock up the house, then you go to the private lenders that you have and say, I have a smoking hot deal. I need to borrow about 70, 75% maybe. I wouldn't go too much further than that, even though you know, it's hot like that. <clears throat> and tell them the exact amount that you'll need, and then dictate the terms on how it's going to be repaid and, and work it out with them. Okay, so maybe, you know, don't borrow too much, but borrow more, way more than you need, of course. But make sure that the house is going to be able to pay for itself when you put it out there on a, to a tenant buyer who's going to give you another good chunk of money down as well as pay you cash flow every month. A deal this hot, you should be making a good chunk of change. That's what you need I to agree. do, and it should sell itself. Just, so you're stressing I too much. You guys know more than I do, so I thought I, it's unusual for me to right. call in, but I thought I would get your take on that. Sure, but, uh, sure. I appreciate uh, your information. And I'll be talking to the gentleman that's selling the house tomorrow. And so I will go in and lock it down on a, uh, either, what do you suggest? Uh, usually stronger is owner financing with 30-day pop, cash in his hands, um, and then turn around and take that to immediately to, and I'll be talking to the private investor tomorrow as well. So I'll go in and put that, uh, give that to them and get the ball moving. Because they, they okay. don't care about credit checks. They don't care about a lot, you know. Okay. I used to do real estate investment in the 90s. So I do uh -huh. have experience. I had about $5 million worth of property that I owned city blocks at that time. I, I mean, mm. I owned quite a bit. I did that by myself. But uh, this is totally different than what I did. That went on my credit bureau. This is not, which is better. Right, right, right. Do you have anybody helping you out with this deal? I don't have any help at all. I just have me and the good Lord above. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> hey, listen, Take that's faith. a lot of help. Of no, course, of course. I, I have the courage to do it. I, I'll go in and, you know, do my best. Uh, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know any other way to do it. Just go in and do it. So tomorrow's okay. the day. Yeah, go out there and get that property under contract. Use a purchase and sales agreement. Anytime you go out to a seller, everybody listen up. Anytime you go out to meet with a seller, always make sure you bring, write this down, always bring with you two blank copies of each of the following. Two blank copies of a purchase and sales agreement, a.k.a. P&S, purchase and sales agreement, two blank copies of an authorization to release information, two blank copies of an authorization to release information, that's in case, the seller has a mortgage or a lien loan against the property because it gives you authorization to talk to their lender on their behalf. 
And then last but not least, bring a lease option agreement with you, the short one, without the table of contents. Lease option agreement, short one, without the table of contents. Also, make sure that you practice writing up an agreement. This is a great thing when you have a mentor like me, you get to write up the contract and you get it to send it to us and we review it. I'll review it and make sure I help you understand where you screwed up, which everyone does, especially in the beginning. Yep. After, after we write it, the more that you do, the better, the easier it gets, the better you get. Build up a skill yeah. and then we have some good, some good skills. The more offers you make, the more money you make, guys. Everyone listen up. The more offers you make, the more money you make. Not every I has to be dotted, not every T has to be crossed. And Sherry, repeat after me. I can always fix it later. I can always fix it later. That's right. Now, Tony, let me, I know you have to go because you had other people. Um, now, on the purchase and sell agreement, do I do the 890 discounted and show the discounted amount at 530? Okay. On the purchase and sales agreement, what would be the price you would be buying it from the seller? 530. So that's what you write. That's your that's total purchase price, take. 1H. But if they take eighty percent of that, it's not going to cover the payoff. That's the dilemma. That's the question I've been asking. I don't understand so, your question. He has, there's a payoff. Yeah. You didn't mention he has a loan, did at, you? At five hundred thirty thousand, at eighty percent, he's wanting five hundred thirty thousand. So it seems I would I would have to go with a higher amount and just you know let them know it's discounted so that we could come to the five thirty based on the 80% rule that they have, should I just be open and honest with them? Okay. So it sounds like you're talking about a hard money, not a private money lender. A hard money lender makes the rules, and they're going to want you to have some skin in the game. And that, To me, that's what you're describing here. A private money lender doesn't care. They, you set the rules with them. You say, hey, I have a property worth uh, almost 900000 I need to borrow... Uh, 650000 It's in gorgeous shape. doesn't need any work. They'll say, okay, I'll send the money to the, to the title company or to the closing attorney's escrow account. A hard money lender is saying, is how much you buying it for? I'll give you 80% of that, whatever the case may be. So which is it, a hard money lender or a true private lender? Hard money, isn't it? It is a private lender. And okay. it took a lot of calls to find these people. And so... Um, I've already, you know, I've explained this to the seller, and they're pretty savvy, so I think they understand, you know, that we're going to have to bring it in for sale with him uh, and show a discounted, you know, after the 80%. So, you know, that's the only way I know how to present it. And, and that way it would be, on, you know, it would show the 80%. How did you find this alleged private lender, Sherry? I'm suspicious I now. I on the Internet. Just, uh-huh. And you know, do they have a do they have a do they have a business advertisement out there? We loan money for real estate? Something um, like that? they have a lot of um I don't know. I just was surfing around. I happened to come up with them. I wrote a bunch of stuff down, called them, got those they were started calling me. They asked me a, a bunch of questions. My uh, profile is on LinkedIn, so they're able to go in and look at that. Uh, I've owned two companies, been in business for myself for 30 years. I've done, you know, real estate investments since okay. the 90s. But th if they so are requiring are rules for you to have 80% of, you know, they're going to finance 80% of the purchase price as opposed to 80% of the equity, then this is a hard money. It's not a private lender. This is not someone that you okay. have control over. They're making the rules. So this is a hard money lender that they're setting the rules, however you want to slice it. So... 
if that's the case, then you would probably okay. need to talk to them and, and let them know that you have just be party. just be okay. Just hang on. Just be honest with them. Let them know. Here's okay. the deal. I have this great property. Right. I'm not. Don't give me address. Here, I'm. How no. should we structure the deal? And just put. Just be honest with them. Okay. And they'll okay. Ho- hopefully be able to I'm help structure the deal. I'm dealing with a green broker. He hasn't been doing it very long. He keeps wanting to refer me to the underwriters, which I'm very. I'm able to do that. I had a mortgage broker's license and almost got my real estate license. So I guess I can just do that, go in and talk to the underwriter and say, how do you want me to bring this to you? This is what I've got. But I need to yield out of the steel 520 to pay off the seller. And that's just, just do it. Just be honest and open and boom, there you go, right? Right. And if you don't like the answers that they give you, you don't, the very, at the very least, for the love of God, I would go in there and get this property under contract tomorrow. Don't lose yeah, this so hot cool. deal. You can go back and fix up and write up a new freaking contract, whatever yeah. you need to, but don't lose this property. Yeah. Go in tomorrow, get it under contract, purchase a sales agreement for the 530, and then fix whatever crap you have to deal with after that. At least you have the contract with the seller. Okay? Why well, is that one, two, three, four properties I'm working on with virtually Excellent. no help at this point? So... But I appreciate you, and uh, thank, you. thank you so very much. You're very and welcome. I'll do what you well. said. And I would say to anybody, if a private lender is asking you for addresses and you don't have that contract yet, say no. <laughs> right. There's so yeah, much stealing no. and things that go on behind people's back. You, you just yeah. don't do that. That's not something you don't do. do. That. This business will no. bring out the best and the worst in people. I've seen it. I've it been does. around long enough to see Absolutely. exactly that. <laughs> All right. Well, Tommy, love you. Thank you so very ah. much. Right back at you, Mama. Great to meet you when I was down in Florida. Hopefully our paths will cross I soon. Know. You're super yes. great. You're even more uh, handsome in person than when I see you on, on the shows. How oh, that? Oh, my goodness. Now you're making me blush. Flowery <laughs> yeah. gets you everywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Marcy. Oh, All right. Goodness. Well, let's see what happens. But I appreciate you. Oh, well, thank, right, thank you. Thank you. Nice. Thanks for your question. Right. You got to get that deal under contract now. Awesome. I promise I will tomorrow. All right. Very thank good. you so much, and talk to you later. You got it. Have a great one. Have right. a great one. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Okay. Who's next? We've got to wrap this up, but if we have anyone else who has a question, then I can get you in the queue. So press star six if you would like that to be you. Star six to put yourself in the queue. Anybody, anybody, anybody. Anybody going once, going those bases two times. Anybody going three times. All right, I'm going to open the line up and let's see if the madness will ensue. Here we go. All right, everyone. How y'all? Did you enjoy tonight's call? Yes. Anybody awake? Yes. <laughs> Are you going to be at the summit next week? The summit is this week. The summit. The summit oh, starts week. Wednesday. Yeah, I'll be there virtually. Okay. Well, it's going to be a virtual summit, so yeah, I'll be there. So look for me. I'll be on 
My, my happy, smiling, bald mug will be in front of the camera on Wednesday. We're going to start around 5.30ish with Meet the Mentors, and we're going to slide straight into the live seller call session. Bum, bum, bum. That should certainly be exciting. Um, we always try to make it a fun time. And who knows what the heck is going to happen. It's a great chance for you to see what we deal with, the real-world poop. We never know what's on the other end of the line. But the summit is going to be awesome. And then we have another event, Quick Start, next week from Tuesday through Friday. I believe I'll be involved with that as well. So you're going to be getting a lot of Tony here in the next couple of weeks. So you're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. The jury's out on that one, but we'll see. <laughs> Well, I appreciate each and every one of you guys and gals who showed up tonight. This has been a ton of fun for me. Hopefully it was for you as well. I see a few of my students on here. Thank you guys for coming out. Very, and if anyone... Very entertaining. Very good. Very good. Thank you, Tony. So I'm going to wish you guys lots of health, happiness, and send you on with lots of love and appreciation. So you make it a great week. And I will be looking forward to talking to you soon. And until then, may all your children have rich parents, and may all your parents have rich children. And when you check into the, and when you check into the nursing home, may you own it. <laughs> Don't forget about Dominic. Close the door. Close the door. The donkey. The door. All right, Teresa. I hear you there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Marianne, I see you. Tim, I see you there. Who else I see? Dominic the donkey, you still there? Brian, I see you there. All right, Teresa. Carson, I see your number there. Hey. <laughs> it's great meeting you guys down in Jacksonville. We had a great time. Can't wait to get back in Florida. And whoever's in Vegas, I'm going to be in Vegas the first week of June to celebrate my birthday. So if anyone's in Vegas. All right, Tony. I'll be staying at the Strip. I think I'll be staying at the Trump Hotel. And then we're going to go out to the desert. So it's on top. I'll, I'll try to avoid the crazy people. But they somehow seem to find me. <laughs> in Vegas, it's nuts. But I'm not a gambler. I like the shows, though. I like the shows. Those are always good. Anyways, I'm going to end the recording here, guys. And I will look forward to talking to each and every one of you, hopefully very soon.